then you're like in the middle of photo shoot and you're like, oh God, none of this is fucking working. Yeah. You're like, literally you're just sitting there, lights are there, you're hot as shit. You're like, like half makeup dressed. running down your face, like pasties you're on and you're like, just like, what is happening? What am I you're doing? You're like, what is this shit? Why am I doing this? I actually don't want to be sexy Rey Mysterio. What the fuck? So, you know. Hello, I'm Cole Sauer, and welcome to Let's Be Best Friends, a podcast where I talk to people that I barely know and try and continue my new best friends because in times like these, who needs enemies? My guest today is a cosplayer, a model, and the owner of owner slash producer of Nerdlesque Fest, Mackie Roll. Hello. How are you? Hello. Hi. I'm well. I'm I'm you know, I'm existing. <laughs> That's the best thing you can hope for, I feel like. Like, we're at the end of the year. Everything that's going to happen in 2021, I feel like, has hopefully happened. So now it's like we just have to coast until whatever 2022 brings us. Yeah, until, you know, the next, like, celebrity does something (laughs) terrible tomorrow. So, you know. Until the next world event or, like, (laughs) great cancellation happens. Mm-hmm. We, we just have to exist. Yeah. We just have to coast. So welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on here. I'm very excited. This is a, you're our first, as to my knowledge, I believe you're our first official cosplay guest, which is so exciting for me because I've always, I've always really liked cosplay. I think cosplay is super sick and like a very cool thing that doesn't get a lot of, you know, doesn't get a lot of love and attention that I feel like it should. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank excited. you. Thank you. I feel very prestigious <laughs> and my first um, cosplayer, Monica, here. So <laughs> thank you very much. No problem. The crown is in the mail. The the, the scepter <laughs> and the cloak is all going to be shipped to you, courtesy of, of our people here at Let's Be Best Friends. Um, thank you. So welcome to the show. Uh, here on Let's Be Best Friends, if this is your first time watching home, and of course, Mackie, I know this is your first time being on the show, we like to do a little, uh, we, we like to do a little something while we chat, like a little activity while we chat. And so uh, when we were talking, setting this up, I asked what you would want to do. And and you mentioned that you were making a, a Hello Kitty Gundam. Now, what what is that? Oh, <laughs> I know those two friends. words separately, but oh my good it God. It is quite literally... <laughs> A Hello Kitty Gundam. I mince no words. It is what I say. Right. Um, it is a Hello Kitty Zaku. Um, there are two of them. I also have the red one. We are building the uh, green Zaku today because um, if anyone knows me, green is kind of my thing. Okay. Um, so we're going to be gre- uh, building the green Zaku tonight. <laughs> that is, okay. So first off, where where does one get a <laughs> Kitty Gundam pack? First of all, if you can get these, right. um, because to my knowledge, um, my red one just got here and I bought that um sometime last year oh my god okay um if you happen to find yourself um wanting one of these 
at this point, I think your best bet is maybe online. Right. But I got mine from um, a comic book store, which I will not name. <laughs> your friendly, your friendly local comic book store, or your unfriendly local comic book store, depending on your relationship to said store. so okay so let's start here then um uh we have our we have a we have a little cosplaying hello kitty now that we're gonna build what got you into cosplay originally was it just like something you saw other people doing or was it just you were really big into like anime and wanted to get into that community or what kind of got you started um so when i was a wee gremlin in high school I was the founder of my high school's anime club. Nice. And through that, I learned that there were these conventions. And at these conventions, there were people who dressed up. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just uh, basically just a a three-day thing that was dedicated to all the things that I really, really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So... um, I kind of just uh, begged my mom and I was like, mom, can we please go to this thing? I really want to go to this thing. And also, um, can you help me sew this Inuyasha costume? And my mom, she knew that I was really weird to say the very (laughs) least. Um, And and she had been familiar with taking me to weird places event she had taken me to warp tour things like that before um so she helped me uh sew my first costume which was inuyasha um i got a very terrible wig from party city um a plastic sword and i was like (laughs) This is amazing. I can't wait to go. Um, So she takes me and a friend. Um, We only went that Sunday. Mm -hmm. But uh, from there, I was hooked. I enjoyed uh, just being around people that uh, shared my same hobbies. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed cosplay and seeing people uh dressed up and this was like before there was like warblow and like 3d printing so Mm -hmm. this was like people's blood sweat and tears dripped into like cardboard armor and i was just like this is amazing and i want to do more of this Mm -hmm. and here i am still (laughs) doing it back in the good old days it's funny when you you mentioned 3d printing because i i didn't think about it but even back in the day, like you say, it was a lot of like it was everything was PVC pipe and foam and cardboard and like duct tape and that's it. And everyone just had to figure shit out. But yes. now you can just hire a nerd to print something out for, you know, three days and now you have a sword. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like even all of the like all of the YouTube stuff that mm-hmm. you have now and like the tutorials. It's TikTok. You can learn to build armor on TikTok. And, like I sound like a grandma right now, but like <laughs> that is a thing that you can do. And like two minutes or less, you can learn how to build a pauldron. Where back in my day, yeah. you had to scour threads to back figure out day, things. You had to be like a forum board gremlin to learn how to make a keyblade. Like you yes. had to be. And everyone had their own different version of, oh, this is how I make the handle of the keyblade and this person is wrong. Ooh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Yes. Oh, so when so were you Inuyasha like from Inuyasha? Like, were you the character Inuyasha, or were you oh, yeah. like, oh hell yeah, fuck oh, yes? Oh yeah, I was like, I Real OGs want now. to be this this broody, angry <laughs> boy because I relate to him so much in my angst. Um, and yeah, I was Inuyasha. Um, fuck yes, it was wonderful. Walk around the walk around the convention hall just screaming Kagome at random people and have a and fucking blast. See, see, I. See, I'm like, I'm not a character cosplayer, mm-hmm. and there have been people who have given me um, shite for not being a character cosplayer. Really? Yes, 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 yes. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm I'm kind of just a person who likes to be in a costume and feel the vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed going to... Um, the uh cosplay meetups that they would just do for mm-hmm. like various uh series i actually saw one of my friends who is still one of my good friends to this day um get proposed to at Aww, a cosplay meetup that's so, so sweet <laughs> so i'm not much of a character person mm-hmm. i just liked to feel the vibes yeah. and i still do i still just like to be in a costume and be admired <laughs> you just want to be in a costume on a stage doing mm-hmm. something whatever mm-hmm. that ends up being precisely yeah so it's interesting you see you got a lot of a lot of shit from um people about um not being a character cosplayer like so is that a big like kind of topic in in cosplay circles like is there a divide of people who just kind of like doing their own thing and kind of figuring their own shit out? And the people were like, no, like you must be, you know, a, a fucking World of Warcraft character. You're not allowed here. Um, there are definitely levels to mm-hmm. the the weird pseudo elitism of cosplay. Right. Um, because there, you know, there are the people who are, you know, accuracy purist and they're like you have to look exactly like your anime waifu and you have to have the contacts and your hair must be six feet tall and um the drills must must be immaculate yeah 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 (laughs) and your scenes must be finished right so um there are there are people like that Mm -hmm. and um yeah, and then there are people who just are go with the flow and they do put their own spin on um, cosplay. Um, the uh, Black cosplay community um, is known for putting spins on specifically hair in right. cosplay. And um, so in that aspect, um, I... I would say starting out, I was I was kind of an accuracy person, but okay. not really um, because I was a procrastinator and I would get down <laughs> to the wire. Yeah. And I would be like, you know what? Hot glue that on. You yeah. know, it's OK. You know, we'll figure safety it out. Safety pinned it to my body. It's OK. Yeah. And then by the end of the show, it's like falling off. It's fine. It's fine. It looked good for the pictures. That's what matters. Um, That's yeah. what people forget. <laughs> so there are definitely um there are definitely layers mm-hmm. to that um because there's the you know what makes a cosplayer do you have to craft everything or can you buy things mm-hmm. and um and and what does the masquerade mean to cosplay anymore so there's so there's so much <laughs> that is kind of 
meld into this fantasy world where we all play dress up. <laughs> it's it's funny because I feel like a lot of people don't think about it, but like I think people think of their own communities as these like very insular, you know, very specific communities and like they're the weirdest ones, right? But then you start learning about like like how cosplay fans and wrestling fans and and football fans like they're all the same at the end oh, of the day. Man. <laughs> um so one of the things and it's really funny that you should say that because one of the things that I say in uh my nerdlesque uh 101 mm-hmm. uh uh workshop is that nerdlesque is um is essentially cosplay and wrestling sexy nice. cosplay and wrestling combined um because a lot of these these niche hobby communities they mm-hmm. are the same yeah um you have you know the people who are the, the purists you have douchebags you have trolls you have you know the can't we just get along kumbaya people and you have the people who are just like somewhere in the middle right and i feel as though i've always been somewhere in the middle of losing my mind that no one appreciates the the whatever the freak I'm doing um, paired with I mean when you think about it mm-hmm. we're just you know in costumes yeah and and this is what we do to find joy yeah um and some people understand it and some people you know make fun of it mm-hmm. um so, so that has been a personal journey of mine, <laughs> reckoning with those those two halves. And I'm a Gemini. It's oh, the worst. Yeah. yeah. So that's so now you're not only are you dealing with those two halves, but you're dealing with the two halves of each two half. What ah, a disaster. Yeah. yeah what an absolute it's, disaster. It's like that Rick and Morty episode where he like splits them into like <laughs> all of the dimensions because they're uncertain. Yeah. That's me all the time. (laughs) I am Rick and Morty. Yeah. In the middle of this show, we're just going to both turn to pickles. It'll be the funniest shit anyone's ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how did, uh, how did Nerdlesque? So first talk about Nerdlesque. So what, what is it for the people at home who haven't, who haven't seen it on the internet or been around it before? Yes. So, um, First, uh, just a little precursor on burlesque. Mm-hmm. Burlesque um, is uh, the kind of the vaudevillian entertainment um, of the 17th, 18th, one of them centuries yeah, before a, a, ours. A long ass time ago. <laughs> a long, long time ago. Um, there was entertainment for the lowbrow people who mm-hmm. couldn't um, afford the upscale entertainment of, uh, I don't know, whoever was famous and popping then. Opera, so, I assume? Maybe. So um, you had mm-hmm. burlesque, and burlesque um, originally did not really involve the removal of clothing. It was kind of a... Um, it was more of like a mockery of of the the elite, okay. and so you had circus arts, you had um, sideshow mm-hmm. performances, you had um, men dressed and women as women doing very body things, and right. vice versa. Um, and so that kind of evolved into burlesque that we know now. Um, which is the reclamation of um, 
of burlesque and of um, this this sexual expression. Um, and and it has kind of evolved into uh, its own subsets. Right. And one of those subsets is Nerdlesque. And Nerdlesque is basically what it sounds like. It is burlesque um, mixed with nerdiness. So any pop culture concept, mm-hmm. um, any pop culture series, character, um, anything that you basically can tell a story with your body with mm-hmm. um that is what nerdlesque is right and so each like so each individual performance would be like a different story it's almost like you're you're acting with cosplay kind of like yeah yeah um i it's <clears throat> like i i call it you know your erotic fan fiction come to life essentially <laughs> That's such um, a good pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is, but I mean, it doesn't always have to be that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it is finding, you know, it's finding another way, you know, a more, um, I would say, adult way right. to to tell a story um, of a character. And yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. It's something that I fell into, um, through, through cosplay. Mm -hmm. So everything, Mm -hmm. everything that I do now kind of started with cosplay. Mm -hmm. And, um, through that, as I said, I found burlesque and then through burlesque, I found that there was nerdlesque and I was like, you mean that I can combine yeah my my exhibitionism <laughs> with cosplay and then and then somebody gave me money at the end of, of one <laughs> of my shows done. and I was like <laughs> I was like and you can get paid it was like 50 dollars <laughs> but I was just like and you can that's get a lot that's a lot in the independent art space 50 bucks look, is a lot especially when you ain't know you was getting money yeah so, exactly I was like up here so (laughs) so I kind of like I feel everything um in my creative journey I stumbled into performing more and then I stumbled into producing more Mm. um because I wanted to see more nerdlesque in uh DC I wanted to see more um I wanted to see different bodies doing nerdlesque. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see different people doing different things with nerdlesque. Um, and so I started producing one of my first shows or my first show ever was uh, Bumpin' Grimes, a burlesque tribute to The Walking Dead. Nice. Um, and it was at uh, it was at Phantom Comics in DC. Shout out to Phantom Comics. <laughs> and um, it was it was just a small, just very intimate affair. And uh, my husband and I we built a stage. Oh. We we went and invested in in a mixer for like sound equipment mm-hmm. and. It was very much one of the first things that I I kind of felt empowered to do more with right. um, in mm-hmm. in an art space um, because up until that point with cosplay I was I was doing it as a hobby I was doing it um, as a way to connect to people mm-hmm. um, as a way to make friends and um, through that I 
you know, I discovered that I could do other stuff and that I could expand uh, my cosplay mm. and performance art and everything, really. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's I, I love the I love the fact that you started doing it and then you were like, OK, I want to see more of this. Like I, I like you, you took it into me. You were like, I need more of this. I want more people to be doing it. I want it to be a bigger thing. Like <clears throat> what was like so. You, you, you kind of stumbled into the nerdlesque thing and then what was there something about it specifically that that got you more into that aspect than um like the more uh i guess we call it like the more traditional like cosplay route um yes so i i've always been you know i sort of a sexual person mm. I've always been uh someone who has liked to express themselves sexually who has felt empowered through that kind of um expression mm -hmm. and and when I discovered that I could I could actually marry those two things um you know, why not? Mm -hmm. I, I decided, you know, very early on, why not try, you know, why not do this mm -hmm. thing um, and just see where it goes. A lot of um, a lot of what I've done creatively has been me saying, you know, let's see where it goes. Yeah. Or, you know, let's see where this takes me. Um, and so with uh, with burlesque and nerdlesque and um, honestly, how Nerdlesque regards um, cosplay and um, and burlesque for mm -hmm. me, it is that intersection of of nerdiness and sexual expression for me um, that kind of made it that sweet spot. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with traditional burlesque, even there's that um, pageantry and there's the you know there's the feathered fans and there's the like. <laughs> Baba boom and you know that's the not that's not boom. Yeah, yeah yeah you know I appreciate <laughs> that I appreciate that so so much yeah. um but at the same time I knew very early on that you know that wasn't me it wasn't necessarily what I wanted my burlesque journey to be mm -hmm. and um so with nerdlesque it was always like how can I do more with this how can I expand on this how can I like further bring the things that I love together and mm -hmm. merge those things closer. So I want to circle back a little bit. You were talking about um, uh, how the black cosplay community in specific gets, uh, I don't know, gets targeted a lot for, mm -hmm. for having to put their own spin on characters. Have you had a lot of experience in that or, or is there like, is there, you know, cause I know it's, it's been more of a, I guess a more public well-known topic in the last couple of years of people kind of coming out and being like you know i'm a you know by poc person like i'm i'm just trying to do the thing that i like doing can you please leave me the fuck alone <laughs> um yeah i was i was kind of in the trenches of like when when that when people weren't talking about it so much mm -hmm. um I started cosplaying in uh, 
And 2000, let's be generous here, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, there wasn't really, there weren't really a lot of Black cosplayers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one thread, uh, as we were saying before, <laughs> there was, you know, cosplay.com and there was one thread on cosplay.com um, for Black cosplayers. And so... You know, very early on, I I would experience microaggressions. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, you know, I had a all white group of, of cosplay friends and I would be, you know, I would get like who was last in like a cosplay group that we yeah. would do. Or um, <laughs> I would, even when we would be at cons, you know, everybody would be invited to take pictures and I wouldn't. Oh. And it was, it was stuff like that, that, I would experience mm. and uh, I would write about it. You know, I would talk about it online and, you know, uh, I had a, I had a cosplay page and one of the, um, one of my cosplays that kind of went viral, my Sinketsu fashion week. Um, that was when I started, you know, talking to, you know, some of the, bigger named cosplayers Mm -hmm. and like seeing them kind of like commenting on my work. Um, But I was also seeing the divide and like how little black cosplayers were being recognized, you know, Um, at the time um, at, I would say the height of me doing cosplay, Mm -hmm. I was one of the only black cosplayers that was being invited to cons. Um, And I would, and that was largely because of, the fact that I knew these bigger, you know, cosplayers yeah. who weren't black. And, you know, I would talk about that and I would just mm-hmm. talk about the way that black cosplayers were treated. And mm-hmm. I would, you know, I would get backlash from that. You know, I would get told, you know, oh, you're a cosplayer. Like I liked you better when you were just cosplaying. Yeah. And, you know, but you would Don't also get political get the, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you would also get the people who would say things like, oh, don't let it get to you. You know, you're great anyway. And this, that, and the other. And that's well intentioned. Mm-hmm. But you know, it it's very isolating yeah, to sure. have these experiences um and not talk about them and not feel like there's a space for you to talk about them. So one of the things that I think is amazing about where the cosplay community is now is that for all of its faults, because there are still faults there, don't yeah. not get me wrong. <laughs> um, every two months we have to explain black facing, black fishing. Yeah. That that aside, <laughs> the fact that we have that space to call attention to this stuff mm-hmm. and to, you know, even make a little bit of an impact in regards to um, speaking to our experiences and even getting more eyes on our experiences and in turn getting leveraging that and to get more opportunities. And it sucks that that is a thing that you use as a leveraging tool, you know, oppression and trauma, what have you. However, you know, you, as a Black person, um, as a Black creative, as a Black nerd, as a Black cosplayer, you do have to find, you know, your ends, you know, whether you're kicking the door in yourself or you're finding the cracks where you can, you know, put your foot in and then like, leave it open a little bit for mm-hmm. everybody else. So, um, <clears throat> yes, I've experienced to to make 
that shorter. <laughs> yes, I've experienced those things. Um, less so, um, less so now as mm-hmm. I kind of do less cosplay, mm-hmm. but I do see that it happens. It still happens. Mm-hmm. And, and there's more of a discussion and there's more, um, there are more black cosplayers who are saying, you know, this is fucked up. And, you know, there are more black cosplayers who are combating it in creative ways. Um, you know, TikTok and uh, fucking TikTok. Fucking TikTok. Um, <laughs> but, you know, creating TikToks and, and you know, just really... Tell and you know, creating kind of like movements and mm-hmm. days, you know, um, Black Fay Day, and um, I forget the TikToker, but the TikToker who did, you know, the Hinata gonna be black today. It's like <laughs> I remember that. that it's like that kind of stuff, yeah. Um can only evolve through empowerment and mm-hmm. feeling more comfortable in the space. And I'm glad that the cosplay community is. Where we, where it is now, but there's still so much. To yeah, go. there's always there's always more work to do. There's always gonna be some dude who looks like me who comes out and goes like, actually, Aang can't be black. Uh, for for and then they list a whole bunch of reasons that don't make any sense. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> they don't look like you either. So you know. <laughs> Um, so would you say that because the so I think TikTok is is a good example of this, but the fact that there's so many more platforms opening up that people can just make communities on. Do you think that's like a like one of the uh, the reasons that it's become more widely talked about and more widely known and there's more people who are working towards the idea of like, hey, we need to get, you know, more eyes on on these problems or these people or, or just get bigger platforms? Um. Yes, I do. I think it is the the ease of information spreading Mm -hmm. i think um it is the ease of of finding your community and finding your people Mm -hmm. um because there are so many apps in which you can do that and so many ways in which you can do that Mm -hmm. um so there are just more ways to have conversations and and with that you get different types of conversations um, from different communities. And is it all entirely productive? It's no. not. Um, <laughs> We've all been on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there are times, and this is throughout, um, you know, all niche communities, mm-hmm. you know, where there's, there's just, there's just going to be, chaos and fighting and people not getting along yeah um but one of the things that having these resources does it is it allows people it does allow those people who do want to be the change and who do want to you know do meaningful work Mm. um it allows those people to to do that work and to be seen and um is this the wrong thing? That's the wrong thing. <laughs> so it allows them to be seen. It allows them to continue to do the work. And mm-hmm. it allows people to keep seeing them and, and keep, you know, eyes on them and keep the conversations going. Um, you know, one of the uh, good examples of this, and it's not cosplay, um, but it does involve, you know, a Black 
creative community Mm -hmm. is uh the twitch do better movement that was started by wreck it raven Mm -hmm. um you know it had that you know it's the fact that you know she persisted Mm -hmm. and and you know they and it, it shouldn't always be on us to you know keep our feet on the necks of, 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 you know, people who are committed to not understanding us, but it's the fact that, um, they kept on pushing and Mm -hmm. they kept on demanding. Um, that is why they're, shit happened <laughs> and and yeah and i do think that uh having access to these resources and having access to um more platforms does ultimately help even if it hurts yeah know? it's it's a bit of a double-edged sword right because yeah. like you say there's more resources there's more eyes on things but on the opposite end there's more eyes on things right yeah so you're gonna get the, the bad faith actors, you're going to get the people who who don't actually give a shit. They just want to argue with people on the internet for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of have to, you know, you have to have discernment when you're seeking out your community mm-hmm. on the interwebs. <laughs> and I think part of that comes with time too, right? Because I feel like when we're young, like even you were saying you got into kind of a, it sounds like kind of a shitty group of friends in cosplay. And I feel like everyone or the the majority of people's first like internet friend group, eventually someone like says something or does something and you're like, oh shit, these might not be yeah. people. Like, oh, <laughs> I yeah. might have made a mistake. <laughs> yeah and and you know even that happens you know even when you're not young even Mm -hmm. as you grow older um and I don't know that's another thing because I don't know that is weird about the internet and about being friends and like doing things in a community um is that the communities are very small. Mm-hmm. The internet is very vast, mm-hmm. but information spreads. So, um, I don't know. Do you ever do you ever miss the old forum board days? Because I feel like for as much as I love that everyone is so connected and everyone has these chances to to grow and see more things, there are times where I'm like, I wish we could just go back to like, I just want to be on a random wrestling forum board where no one knows who each other are and we can just yell at each other. <laughs> like, there's no... <laughs> <laughs> I yes and no yes and no yes for the fact that um it was a lot easier to catfish dudes and get money from them um <laughs> which came in very very handy when you were look we're being honest here yeah which came in very very handy when you know you're, you know, you're like a teenager and you're trying to like build and you're like, I don't have money for an Xbox, but you know who does? This girl who isn't me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, but, but besides that, uh, just the very like, uh innocence almost in a way and granted not everything was innocent on the internet no. in the in the early 2000s it felt but like it though you know like it, yeah an yeah. aura of it right 
Yeah, like coming together and like discovering um, like a group of people or discovering a forum um, or like coming back to threads and just like reading through them. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of stuff I miss. But I'm also I'm also happy with where we are now. Yeah, it's worth it for sure. But there is some there's sometimes, especially when it comes to like Twitter or even like Reddit boards where I'm like, man, I miss I miss when everyone was on their own corner of the Internet and we didn't interact. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone was in their own little little camps and everyone did their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Not anymore. Speaking of so speaking of platforms, I want to talk to you a little bit about OnlyFans, because I feel mm -hmm. like OnlyFans is a very it's a very hot button issue. Right. And it, it blew up. I'm going to say like a couple years ago or maybe a year ago. Time the time doesn't make any sense anymore. But <laughs> I want to talk to you about your experiences in it because I feel like I feel like there's a lot of people who have, you know, certain perceptions about OnlyFans. And I, of course, here honestly, Best Friends, we advocate securing a bag, however you secure your bag. Uh, <laughs> but so w what got you on the platform? What's been kind of your experiences in it? Was it that big explosion? Kind of how did that affect you and your kind of community? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... OnlyFans, as I as I said, quite literally, is another thing that I um, I didn't really stumble into it. This is kind of a thing I actually did research on and like intentionally thought of before I I made a venture into it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not my first experience with um, kind of like a paywall, like subscription based service, mm -hmm. and um, with OnlyFans, as I said, you know, I, I've always enjoyed sexual expression. Mm -hmm. Um, I, which is why I, I enjoy sex work. I enjoy doing sex work. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and OnlyFans was, I had been selling, uh, just photo sets and stuff like that. And people, you know, I'd have people ask me, you know, why don't you get on OnlyFans? It's so right. much easier if you do this through OnlyFans. OnlyFans. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, what is OnlyFans? And that's another thing that I have to maintain. And mm -hmm. like, I'm, you know, barely there as it is. <laughs> and, um, but I had a few friends who were on OnlyFans and were really successful on mm. OnlyFans. And so they kind of gave me a crash course on essentially what it was. And mm. they were just like, hey, I mean, it's like a paid Facebook because I had been on Patreon before. Right. And mm -hmm. I had a really poor experience with Patreon, okay. which also had to do with... Um, you know, having, you know, not great boundaries um, with myself um, doing sex work. Mm -hmm. okay. And so for me, I had been hesitant to get back on a subscription based service. And once my friends kind of like broke it down and were like, it's like, you know, it's like a paid Facebook mm -hmm. for like your super fans who want to see you do super freaky things. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm about it. I like that. I was like, you son of a bitch. I'm I'm in. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I started my OnlyFans, I would say, either at the 
end of last December or this past January. Okay. And um, yeah, it, it was just, you know, it was a thing. And for me, I, one of the things I really enjoy about sex work and about uh, sexual connection and sexual performance is being able to connect with people in that way mm-hmm. and being able to make people um, feel something different, you know, or feel, you know, safe and and being excited by, you know, their own sexuality mm-hmm. or someone else's sexuality. Um, and I, so for OnlyFans, for me, it was an opportunity to kind of curate a, another space right. um, that was different, um, that kind of allowed me to explore something that I had wanted to explore, but was kind of afraid to explore, mm-hmm. which was um, just solo um performance and you know like solo scening and things like that right so um having OnlyFans allowed me the opportunity to do that um and what I felt was uh kind of like a safe environment obviously you we know that you know there are people who are shitty who will take content xyz um but the community itself it gave me an opportunity, like I said, to curate this um, really fun community that is like weird and and like d- gross and disgusting <laughs> and, and like really lovable. And, um, you know, but they're they're people and yeah. they're humans and they're a part of um, they're a part of my 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 group of people. And um yeah, OnlyFans has been the community building aspect of OnlyFans has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to be exposed to other creators and other sex workers and being able to learn from them has mm-hmm. been great. Um, the platform OnlyFans is shit and does not support <laughs> sex workers. True. And, um they're they're awful. Really? So, <laughs> so um I encourage people if you if you do enjoy sex workers, um erotic artists, um pay them directly. Um even if you do sub to them through um subscription services, mm-hmm. pay pay us directly. Um because we we create an experience and we create a fantasy and a world mm-hmm. for you to feel safe and held and and affirmed in your sexual desires. So I think we <laughs> deserve at the very least money because <laughs> we don't get anything else. Yeah. Was uh so you said you did a lot of research in, into OnlyFans. What was cause so you so it's been about a year-ish. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, was there at any point during the, the year that you've been on OnlyFans, you've been thought about going, I said, you said you had a bad experience with Patreon, but like even doing something like a Kofi or, or something along those, those lines, it's more like a direct, um, like a direct model rather than the like very structured thing of OnlyFans. Um, so with uh subscription services uh most of su- most subscription services are not adult work friendly mm-hmm. and that also 
includes things like coffee. Um, it also includes uh, Patreon, even though there are ways to get around it. Mm -hmm. And so being on something like an OnlyFans um, or like all my fans or all my links and Fansly, um, those things are sort of uh, marketed to be safer for sex workers and for mm -hmm. sexual content. And that marketing, um, and this is OnlyFans specific, because I believe Fansly, since OnlyFans decided to massively shit the bed, yeah. Fansly decided to step up um, and claim mm. sex workers. But um, a lot of these, uh, these, these platforms are made popular by sex workers yeah. and and by the people who push content mm -hmm. to them and and you know that's the same with snapchat it's the same with tumblr mm -hmm. um sex workers are some of the biggest and best influencers mm -hmm. and um so with only fans I, I felt like I could do the content that I wanted. I felt like it was a better space for me to, um, to kind of experiment mm -hmm. and to um, drop, you know, things that I wouldn't put anywhere else. Right. And it's the only subscription service that I, that I have currently that I, I keep up with. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was that was enough and you know because there's also there's also doing twitch and there's also you know there's there's so much yeah <laughs> to do so um with only fans i wanted to um make sure that it was something that i could do and that i could sustain and um it was also you know kind of reaching out to people and, you know, asking, how do you, how do you hold fast to your boundaries and yeah. how do you kind of keep those things, your wall up and how do you, you know, not allow yourself to like fall hold to, you know, doing content you don't want to do right. and, um, you know, doing stuff like that. So um, a year in, I, am actively in the process of switching to uh fansly nice. but that's again because only fans sucks yeah yes it's one of those things i think that people people who don't um people who don't create content or who don't uh you know do do that line of work will never understand the concept of like maintaining one social platform and trying to grow it is so much work. Like whether it's whether it's OnlyFans or even just trying to be like an Instagram influencer or a YouTuber or a Twitch streamer or whatever, like doing one of those things is so much work. So then when you have people come to you and be like, you should do, like you say, you should stream on Twitch. You should go on, you know, you should make YouTube videos. You should whatever. It's like, dude, I, I don't have this many hours. Pay me more. Like yeah. <laughs> who's bankrolling this? Yeah. I have bills part. to pay. Like <laughs> it's yeah. true. It's, it's something people don't think about, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, you go with the most lucrative one and, mm -hmm. you know, they're the higher you get up and, and doing stuff like that, then, yeah, you can have you can pay people to manage your different accounts and, yeah. and stuff like that. But for for me, I am one I'm one gremlin with <laughs> severe ADHD <laughs> and it is it is a process. Um, 
And and even when OnlyFans um OnlyFans made that announcement in I believe October mm-hmm. that they were they were taking away sexual content, but not really. Um, <laughs> there were people who immediately made the jump from OnlyFans yeah. to Fansly or or whatever their their platform was of choice. Yeah. And you know. I obviously here I am still on OnlyFans and it's not because I want to be. It's because, like you said, it is hard. Yeah. And it's a process, even if you do want it, even if you want it so bad, mm-hmm. um, it is really, really hard. And, yeah. you know, it's it's hard doing it yourself. Um, I I was on the couch for pretty much up until we were doing this um <laughs> editing a a 15 minute video yeah um and and that's the kind of stuff where it's like people see you know twitch payouts and people see stuff like that yeah um but unless you are making big money consistently yeah. you know that's just you know going back into the machine or like supplementing some kind of bill or mm-hmm. something like that um yeah so like you it's a really big investment to do this and to do it full-time or even part-time yeah well it's a thing that people i the twitch is a great example of this because there was that big uh, the big earnings leak that happened mm-hmm. and it starts it, it always happens right where something like this comes out or when the only fans um when people started finding out like Oh, these OnlyFans girls make like X, Y, Z. Oh, I, I should do OnlyFans. And it's funny yeah. because it's always like, cool, like do it. Yeah. Have at it. Like spend all your free time and all of your, you know, energy and money on maybe hopefully doing this and being successful yeah. at it. Good luck. Have fun. Like that, like people don't think about the fact that like you can look at the top, like whatever, 100 Twitch streamers and they have, they're all millionaires, but also you look at it and it's like, yeah, well they stream, you know, 80 hours a week, like nine hours a day, they just sit in front of a camera doing whatever. Or the OnlyFans people, like we, you know, they spend, you know, four hours editing their videos and they have to go do a photo shoot and they have to get, you know, they edit it themselves or they get editors to do it. They have to coordinate. Like it's, it's, it's a lot of work and people don't think about it until they start, you know, Googling how hard is it to be on OnlyFans. And, you know, some people don't even make it that far. Mm -hmm. And that's the I think that's the deeper issue with sex work in general, Um, with sex work and with content creation. But especially if you combine the two. Right. um, Because, you know, there are layers to, you know, people not seeing legitimacy in, in a sex work and then be content creation you know people think that influencers get paid money to do nothing to look cute to do this that and the other and you know some of that is true to a degree there are influencers and people who you know do next to nothing and they blow up yeah that is the nature of life yeah Um, that's the one in a million case right yeah yeah. but but there there are also you know those of us who are spending hours and hours editing um you know who aren't realistically getting paid you know what you would get paid doing a nine to five but it's stuff that we enjoy it's stuff that we love it's stuff that we um we you know believe in Mm -hmm. and with sex work 
you know, people already don't give a shit about sex workers. There's already that stigma, right? That comes. Yeah. And so there, there, that's another reason why it's important to have boundaries, Mm -hmm. um, with your, with your content creation. Um, especially when you're doing like custom content creation. Mm. Um, one of the things that I, I saw very early on in OnlyFans, um, were people who were wanting custom, custom work, but Mm. they were wanting, you know, stuff turned out immediately. Yeah. And recently I, I had someone ask me for, um, for a custom image set. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. I have, you know, a custom sheet. I have all my information. Right. I had announced uh, that I was now doing a three week turnaround time for all customs. And before that I was doing like a week and I was just like, I need to be better than myself. Yeah, for so, sure. A week's insane. Tell you're, me about you're it. Tell me about it. So um, I was like, here, I'm doing a three week turnaround time. And this person who would tip me lots would um, buy customs all the time. Mm -hmm. They were like, "Um, oh, well, I didn't expect picture these pictures to take that long. And I was like, Okay. Okay. Um, it's a three week turnaround time. Yeah. Um, it's not negotiable. Yeah. And um, from then on, they they've been very icy with me. They've not like they've not tipped me as much. And, yeah. And it, it's it's one of those things where you in that moment you you it happens so much that you tr- almost kind of numb yourself to it, mm-hmm. but. There are times where you see, you know, how little people think of what you do right. and and what you provide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little bit disheartening, uh, <laughs> but it's also it's also very, very, very interesting. Well, it's one of those things, way. like like we say, that people don't think about. Right. Where, you know, because people see. You know, so specifically you, right? They see you from their OnlyFans page or on Twitter or wherever they find you, right? And they see you as a person in a screen. And they don't think about the idea of, you know, you're doing all this work on the side. You have your own life. You you have a husband. You have, I'm sure, some form of social life. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, God, I can't stop thinking about one-week turnaround time. I <laughs> I have to record one podcast a week, and I fuck that up. Like, and this is easy. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I don't have to pose. I have the same light every week. Like, <laughs> I, look, I was very ambitious, but, yeah, no, they're like, your sole mission is to provide pictures of your butthole to me <laughs> whenever I want them. I need butthole and I need it now. If I don't get butthole this week, I'm going to die. And you're just like, no. What happened to the old, my question, what happened to the old butthole pics? Did you delete the old butthole? There, you act as if there's not an entire, gee, if only you were paying a monthly subscription to have access to all of the b-hole pictures that you wanted. Just there for you. 
I just, I can't imagine being like, oh, well, I, like, I need these pictures uh, immediately. <laughs> I'm, I'm so pressed. That is, oh, man. I hope I never get to that point where I'm that pressed, where I <laughs> need to be whole this week. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. This That's week like, or not at all? Or not at all. <laughs> it's like, all right, I guess, I guess not at all for yeah. you. Well, and there's a, like, you know, and I'm sure you can speak to this. There's an anxiety to it too, right? Where like, because content creation is such a, you know, and, and I'm sure sex work is too. It's such a, it's such a, uh, uh, I don't know how to put it. It's like, it's such a shaky ground to be on, right? Because one day you're making this amount, one day you're making nothing. And one day you you know, can make this much stuff if one day you can't. And especially if you have any kind of mental illness, it's, it's you know, Ooh. right? Exactly. And it's like when you're talking about moving from OnlyFans to Fansly, people don't realize it's like, it's a lot of work and also there's a lot of anxiety because it's like, you know, what if I don't get this same amount of thing on OnlyFans or on Fansly? Yeah. What if I can't grow as much? What if yada yada? Like, it's a, like, you know, it's a lot. So I, I, I sympathize as much as I can. <laughs> it's a lot of like psyching yourself out mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it, you know, being the little engine that could and just being like, I think I can, I think I can. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of just putting yourself out there mm -hmm. and, and trying new things and, um, just trying to grow and not everybody, you know, is conventionally attractive or, you know, can just, or like knows people who can just put them on, you know, mm -hmm. um, there are people who are legitimately, you know, doing this all themselves mm -hmm. and they don't get the recognition or the shine that they you know, that they deserve. And it's very, it is very hard <laughs> as a, as a creative sometimes, um, not to equate your worth to, you know, your fan count or like your follower count or, yeah. you know, whatever payout you get monthly. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself, uh, even now that that is not, everything um and you know i will be okay yeah and and um i can always just stop or log <laughs> off yeah and then come back to things yeah that's something that i always have to remind myself yeah bigger number better person more importantly though am i right bigger number yeah. better person that's a fact that's a fact of the internet <laughs> Fucking right. <laughs> do you have, uh, before we move on to the, the next segment, do you have any, like, advice for anyone who's trying to get into, I guess, the cosplay scene in general, but maybe more specifically the the uh, the more NSFW, the sex work end of cosplay? Maybe yeah. something you wish you had known? Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely create boundaries um, and do that. First and foremost, mm -hmm. um, create boundaries with yourself. Know the the content that you want to do, the content that you are willing to do, the content that you won't do, and just stick with that. Mm -hmm. um, and don't feel pressure um, to to perform. Um, log off, um, and 
I don't know. Don't wait till the last minute to do <laughs> the things that you need to do because then yeah. you'll end up on the floor crying yeah. in the middle of craft supplies and <laughs> or sex toys. So sometimes both. I'm, so. ima- <laughs> I'm imagining the dichotomy because when I like when I have a panic attack, it's because it's Sunday night and the and like the podcast has to go up tomorrow and I have to wake up for work and my editing software crashes. So I cried nice, right here at this desk very comfortably. But then you're like in the middle of photo shoot and you're like, oh, God, none of this is fucking working. Yeah, you're like literally <laughs> you're just sitting there, lights are there, you're hot as shit. You're like, like half makeup dressed. running down your face, like pasties it's on, and like, you're just like, what is happening? What am I you're doing? Like, what is this shit? Why <laughs> am I doing this? I actually don't want to be sexy Rey Mysterio. What the fuck? <laughs> so, you know. Who would have thought Ray could have got even sexier? <laughs> <laughs> the filthy you animal know. himself. <laughs> but you, you know, but again, that's where you. You know, you just, you can always, there's always a redo. Yeah. Um, You can always, you know, do over, you know, nothing is, is finite. Yeah. You know, you can always, you can always take a break. I think log off is, is excellent advice, honestly, because especially when people are first starting, like, you know, mm-hmm. you're so focused on growth. You're so focused on like, I have to keep making shit. I have to keep doing stuff. So when you miss a deadline or you miss something, you're like, it's over. Yeah. I've lost Gigi. We were done here. <laughs> and, you know, it'll be OK. It'll be it'll be OK <laughs> is actually dead ass. I think that's amazing. Somewhere some little Zoomer is trying to make a TikTok and they're losing their fucking mind. Yeah, it's like, no, it's fine. (laughs) So uh, I honestly feel like I could sit here and talk all day. But unfortunately, time is finite, is a finite resource. And we are winding down here on the show. And so we're getting to our final part. It's my favorite part of the show. It's called the lightning round. It's truly my favorite part of the show, it's one of the main reasons the show exists, is because I just want to know what people's random weird opinions are on non-consequential things. <laughs> Lovely. So, how this is going to work is I have a list of this or that questions. They're very simple things. Cats are, oh my god! We've killed Hello Kitty. <laughs> I just want to comment that I've gotten nothing done. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Every time there's a craft episode, either it's it's incredibly productive or it's in no way productive. <laughs> I've got nothing done. It's okay. Eventually, we'll see this. Eventually. Hey, 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 go follow uh, Mackie Roll on Twitter, at Mackie Roll OFC, and then maybe you will see the finished product of... Maybe. No, fuck that. Put it behind a paywall. You want to see Hello Kitty Gundam? Fuck that. Go to OnlyFans. <laughs> Only fans, maybe you'll see me dressed as the hell you won't. What a what a niche cosplay, I feel like, to be Hello Kitty. Sexy Hello Kitty Gundam yeah. is such an insanely large amount of work <laughs> for and a very it's niche gonna cosplay. <laughs> um, so I have I have the questions ready. I have one minute on the timer, uh, and we're gonna get through as many questions as we can in that minute to see how close we have become to being best friends. Okay. If you're ready to go, I am ready to go. I'm ready. Okay. In three, two, one, TV or movies? Movies. Delivery or sit down? 
Delivery. Uh, board games or card games? Board games. Uh, video games or books? Books. Uh, cars or trucks? Cars. Uh, buses or trains? Bus. <laughs> Paperback or ebook? Paperback. Uh, summer or winter? Summer. Uh, country or city? Ooh. City. Ooh. Uh, broccoli or green beans? Green beans. <laughs> uh, beaches or mountains? Beaches. Soda or juice? Juice. Pepperoni or cheese pizza? Pepperoni. Uh, pancakes or waffles? Uh, <laughs> pancakes. Ooh. Uh, morning or night? Night. Uh, baseball or volleyball? Volleyball. Uh, and that is the time. Awesome. Interest. There's some interesting stuff in there. You what? I some mean, of them I, I panicked on. Good. That's my. I feel like that honestly is my favorite part about it is seeing the fear in people's eyes on some of the questions because. Things like pancakes or waffles. I, that's the only question that I truly care about. Unfortunately, you did get it wrong. So the interview Damn, is over. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we are not best friends. We are friends. not best friends. I've, ma I've made an entire podcast empire just to figure out if people do or do not like waffles. Man, I feel like there's an easier way, but. If, the, if, if there's an easier way, I don't want to hear it. All right, I'm um, not going to knock the method. I am going to tabulate the score while I do that, Mackie. Uh, now <laughs> is your chance. You can shout out any uh, any platforms you want people to follow you on, what you're doing on the internet, anything you got coming up. Yeah, um, I am everywhere on the internet. Um, Instagram, Maki Roll Official. Twitter, Maki Roll OFC. www.whoismakiroll.com. Good. Um, and if you are interested mm -hmm. in the Nerd Less Festival, um, I am, we're everywhere at the Nerd Less Fest, www.nerdlessfest.com. Um, and if you like that sweet, that nasty, that gooshy stuff, <laughs> onlyfans.com slash roll official and then all my things come spilling down <laughs> and then everything and then everything's fucked and then everything is completely fucked <laughs> oh god I want to thank you so much for being on the show this has been an absolute blast uh, while you were doing the social thing I uh, forgot to actually count the score um, <laughs> so <laughs> make sure uh, if you're out there in, in podcast land, if you're if you're enjoying uh, the content, make sure that you take this time to like, comment, subscribe. I know it's cliched, but it helps us greatly. And more importantly, right now, I am at the greatest amount of subscribers I, I ever really want, which is 69 subscribers. But nice. if we get 100, I get a custom URL and then I'm going to stop. I've promised you. Hey, firm handshakes. Everyone in the audience, shake on it. If I get to 100... I will never, ever ask you to subscribe to YouTube ever again because I just, I hate having YouTube.com slash channel slash fucking 12,000 letters of binary. I just want it. I want slash old king cake. That's all I want in my life. Um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Very professional stuff here on the show. Okay. Mackie. You did it. Oh, God, math is so hard. ADD is so hard. Uh, I want to thank you once again for being on the show. In the lightning round, in the most important part of the show, in my favorite part of the show, you scored a grand total of 
10 out of 16, <laughs> which where I'm from, that's a pass, which means we are now officially in the eyes of the Lord Almighty, best friends. We are. And I've never, I've never <laughs> been more excited <laughs> to make a new best friend. Friend, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Everyone, make sure you go follow her on all her social medias. Um, make sure, hey, if you're into if you're into Nerdlesque, you can also I think it's at Nerdlesque Fest on Twitter, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, and you can find that also in in Mackie's bio if you if you're following her there as well. Make sure you go check it out. It's some very cool, fun stuff. If you're into the you know the like that the more sexual end of cosplay, uh, it's it's a it's a fun time. It's it's a it's a ball and a half. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at Old King Cake literally everywhere, which has been such a disastrous journey to be on. But I have all of them. I have all of the things. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast or watching it on YouTube. If you're listening on any of your favorite podcast apps, make sure you uh, you like it, you rate it. Maybe a little, maybe a little, maybe a five star review. I don't think I'm allowed to say that anymore. Maybe a review that's quite high, a, a positive amount of stars <laughs> would be lovely. <laughs> um. I want to thank uh, all my best friends watching at home. I want to thank our best friends, Isabel Wing, for the intro to the show, Seth Feldman for the outro to our show. And that's all the time we have for this week. So remember that your best, yeah, fuck. Remember that your mom was your best friend at one point. So give her a call and we'll see you next week. Whew.